so much. Thank you so much, Apostle. Well, it's such an honor and a privilege to be here, um, especially on the pivotal time of this journey. I, I don't know how God schedules things, but this, is, this was never intended for me to be here this weekend. Um, I was supposed to be somewhere else, and, um, and then we were supposed to do this on another day, but I believe that God knows what he's doing. And so for me, particularly, it's such an honor and a privilege um, to be here at the brink of something exciting. I've always, I don't know Pastor Robert, and I just want to greet you and your beautiful wife. I've met your wonderful daughter already. I think that's good enough. Is that your daughter? Oh, oh, that's your daughter. All right, she was sitting next to you, so. And I did ask you if that was your daughter. I hope this is not a sign of things to come. <laughs> um, but, 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 but I like what you said. I like what you said about the marriage, the union, the covenant. My prayer for you is that you will model something for the rest of the body of Christ. <laughs> Sometimes things happen to us that look ordinary, but we don't know that's part of our prophetic destiny. I don't know about the Destiny Church. I do know about Kingdom Culture Movement and the ministry. And I know that they're not just another church. I know that it's a ministry that's called uh, to lead the way so that another flotilla of other ministries will lead. That puts a demand on us. That means that we don't do things the way everybody does them. Sometimes we will question whether we're right in the head or not. Sometimes we will appear a bit unusual, a bit weird, because we ourselves have never been this way before. But I know that right now you're modeling something for the body. You may not recognize it now, but history will absolve you. History will speak good things of you. You will model in, a, in the midst of a society that physically and naturally in our nation right now divided. We're divided politically. We're divided economically because Brexit was okay until it touched our pockets. And as soon as it touched our pockets, it brought out the real divisions. We don't know whether the, the Labour Party will be what we've known. We don't know whether the Conservative Party, we don't know whether 10 parties will emerge, but I tell you something, all, everything that happens on the earth, it's reflective of a shifting that has already gone on in the heavens already. So we know that there's shiftings, there's changes, there's things going on. The change itself is not the important thing, it's what we allow it to do. Can I say this? The change itself is not the most important thing, it's what we allow it to accomplish. I pray that that which God does that right now that is beyond our comprehension will accomplish great things in history to come. I pray that as the United Kingdom and churches beyond this border, because we're, that, what we, that is what we are, we're an apostolic nation. Whatever we do, other people will copy. That you will go down in history, in spiritual history, as ones who showed how it would be done and how it must be done. In the midst of division, that God brings a union. I don't know what this church was like, but if I know anything about God, it will not be the same as the one that is being joined to. It's a bit like a man and a woman. You look at this woman. This is such a gentle woman. I don't know where she got this man from, but, you know, <laughs> so be it. I'm teasing. But you know what I'm saying. So I just want to honor you and greet you and, 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 and celebrate you for allowing it to happen. You know, there are many congregations that will not stand for this. There are many also, it speaks of the pastors and the quality of people that they are that would even sit to venture. Beyond 
we just seen Trump and King Wom, what's his name, meet, and nothing was signed up. And many times these things take place in our boardrooms, where we're in the church ministry boardrooms, where no, no conclusions are, 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 are arrived at because the flesh gets in the way. Thank you for not allowing the flesh to get in the way. I uh, take my hat off to you, to a great man of God, um, somebody who has, I noticed he said, one, I was not his favorite. But it was okay for him to pawn me off to God and say I'm God's favorite. I heard that. <laughs> no, no, you just added a, a, a small print at the end. <laughs> but a man I greatly, greatly, seriously respect. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And a family I have come to greatly love as my own. Um, I see my PA nodding because maybe she, maybe she's seen how I feel about you guys. There's something very exclusive, very extreme about you, but I don't know how God joined us together, but I'm pleased to be part of the Kingdom Culture Movement family. Family. Uh, Lady A, I take my hat off to you. You know you are my favorite in the house. Don't tell him. But you may be seated. You may be seated. This morning, um, I, this was not going to be my original message, but I, I'm excited to bring you this message. I've prayed. I pray that it, uh, it would be deposited in your heart and it would bring forth much fruit. But this morning, I want to talk about transition. It's almost like when Pastor Robert was speaking, you were speaking about transition and about change and being uncomfortable, and that's exactly what I was going to talk about. Um, I'm not really a preacher. I've prayed. I'm not the best of preachers, as you will soon discover, but I, I will tell you something. I'm a very impactful preacher. I don't pray that I'll be the best preacher because there's no competition between me and somebody else. I just pray that I'll be a messenger that is sent, that will accomplish what God asks you to do. And, and if I sum up thoughts, you know, take the pressure off of you. You don't have to be the best of everything. You just have to be right for the moment. You just have to be the sent one. You get what I'm saying. And that's always been my prayer. Now God, I just want to be your mouthpiece. I shut down every place that you didn't assign me to and send me to the right places. When I get there, let that which I speak be that which you're breathing through me. The Bible says it is the word of the Lord and the word from the Lord that will not return to him void. And so my prayer this morning is that the word of the Lord and the word from the Lord will not return to him void. Lord, it will accomplish what it's sent to do and prosper therein. Lord, you'll, you'll express your heart to us. You will guide us and navigate us through this challenging terrain. We've never been this way before, this unfamiliar way. God, let your word do as good like medicine this morning. Let it transform our thinking. Let it give us insight, give us understanding. Let it stab Stabilize us as we go through challenging times. We bless and honor you. We have already crowned you, Lord, and we thank you of your government in our lives, of your rulership in our lives, of your counsel in our lives. Let there be no end. Let the counsel of God prevail above every counsel. And Father, we bring every high thought and every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We bring it into subjugation to the captive obedience of Christ and his rule right now in Jesus' name. Let the words of my mouth and and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, God Almighty, our King. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in the words of Israel Houghton, I like it. He says, it's not over. It's not finished. It's not ending. It's only the beginning when God is in it. And I feel that fits you. There is an end, yet there is a beginning. And with God in it, you know it's the right thing. Isaiah 33, 6. We're going through, and I keep saying challenging times because at the beginning, like any marriage, there's a honeymoon period. 
And in the honeymoon period, it's like I never even saw you before. Where have you been all my life, honey? Until humanity kicks in. And inevitably, I like your honesty, sir. Because I think what you do, you, you may just feel like I came, you're, you, you're prepared. As, but what you don't realize is your words are putting stakes in place. It is the words of our mouth that uh, configure where we're going, where we're at. And suddenly you put people at ease with your honesty and your transparency. I think that's what God is looking for. It's, but Isaiah 33 talks about a changing time. Uh, the world is governed by times and seasons. Uh, nothing is the same. We, 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 we're going into, I can't wait for spring, but we're racing very quickly from one season into another. Now, everybody knows that when you go from one season into another, it's not always smooth. When you go from one season, in, I mean, winter to summer or to spring is a whole wardrobe change. <laughs> huh? Isn't it? Yeah. And then it doesn't come with water change. What do we have to do? I have to fold the, fold the things into a box somewhere, put them away, change all my bedding. You get what I'm saying? No more duvets, no more blankets. Can't wait. No more blankets. Some of us may even change our curtains. Some of us take the, uh, the opportunity to change our furnishing. Everything about us changes. Even our food changes. Yeah? We eat more, less stodgy. We're getting ready for salads and you know, even trade changes, right? Commerce changes. How do I know this? Because the ice cream man is going to be coming into your neighborhood very soon. Yeah? You go into, I haven't gone, I'm traveling uh, on Tuesday morning so to the tropics, so I have to get some gifts. And I'm sure once I sp stand, step into Max and Space or something, I'm going to see bikinis. <laughs> right? Why? Because the season has changed. What I'm trying to say to you is when the season changes, we don't continue business as usual. We expect change. There's going to be change because the season for both ministries and for your lives. When we talk about a ministry, please don't look at a label or a banner or a logo. We're talking about you and me. We make the ministry. So something has changed concerning us. And because something has changed concerning us, we can't continue. Imagine winter comes and you're still going out in your little, as the Africans call it, spaghetti top and your little shorts. You're going to freeze to death, honey. Jesus is going to love you, but he's gonna, you're going to freeze to death. There's nothing he could do about it because you didn't change your clothing. And so as we, we move forward into change, we've got to understand when we use the word change, something really has to change. It's not something, I always tell people, we sing, it's my new season, it's a new day, a fresh What exactly changed? You're saying it's a new season, but everything I see about you is you're living your life the same. You're reading the same books. You're hanging out with the same people. You're watching the same preachers. Something, your diet has got to change. Your monthling has got to change. Something has got to change. So let's, we're going to be talking a little bit about change today. Isaiah 33, 6 says this. I like this when God preempts something. He says, wisdom and knowledge will stabilize you. Wisdom, understanding, witty. He said he goes, he's going to make you witty and, and cunning. Knowledge is cunning concerning the seasons. And he's going to also make you skillful to, to maneuver through the seasons. Now listen, if nothing, was going, nothing wasn't going to change, why would God say, I'll make you skillful how to maneuver? Amen. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. If nothing was going to change, why would God say, I will make you skillful? I will increase your competence at handling change. 
He says, and that knowledge and wisdom and skill and competence and capacity that I give you will stabilize you, will stop you from being rocked, will stop you from being damaged, will stop you from being limited of your times. The word times there in the Hebrew is the Hebrew word E-T-H, earth, which marks for a certain season. It's, it's like a rainy season, an occasion when peculiar things are happening. And so for every peculiar thing you go, ask God for wisdom and stability. Don't just say, my change has come. No, when change comes, there's an upheaval. So God, give me wisdom, give me knowledge, give me stability. Amen. Give me stability for this time. He says, and the strength of salvation, the fear of the Lord, will be your treasure. Well, Isaiah 43 is our main scripture today. Isaiah 43, verse 18. He says this, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall bring forth, spring forth. Well, with every new season comes a fresh instruction. Every result is preceded by a set of instructions. So with every new season that you go through will come a set of instructions. With the set of instructions in the new season, God says, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I, and then he, he shares with you what he's going to do. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'll come back to that. But, but I just wanted to give us an arrowhead as we go. I like what the NIV says. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. That's clear. Huh? Forget the former things. Do not dwell. He didn't say that don't let it come into your mind. He said don't dwell there. It's a habitation. The, has, the past can be a habitation. The past can be a place where you live. <laughs> and you know that when you make anything your habitation, you're going to furnish it. I haven't gotten there yet, but we're going to explore that, remember. You're going to furnish it. You're going to put beautiful. And then you know the worst thing is you begin to shop for it. So you're always going to look for an occasion to come back to the past. That's why before he takes you on the journey of what he's going to do, he warns you. Do not dwell on that past. See, see. To see means to look away in order to see. So you look away from something in order to see. I am doing a new thing. So to both parties, God says, see, I am going to be doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Will you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the, in the wasteland. Let's see what the NLT says. The New Living Translation says this. He says, but forget all that. In fact, he begins to speak about some wonderful breakthroughs that the ministry has had. He says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Don't you just love this Jesus? Huh? He says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? God says he's already begun something in your life. Do you not see it? God's problem is not what he's going to do. God's problem is whether you see it or not. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the desert wasteland. Transformations come by divine interruption. You want something to be transformed? God has got to divinely interrupt. And sometimes he doesn't interrupt the way I want him to interrupt. If I, God, was to take my advice, he could have done this a whole different way. <laughs> a less painful way. Okay? But by far the greatest hindrance to a new move of God is the way we think about the old one. Let me repeat that. By far the greatest hindrance to a new move of God is the way we see, perceive the new one. That's why when God's trying to move you on, we fight. 
I remember years ago when I used to pastor, I was church planting and pastoring. It was the most exciting time of my life. And he shut me down and said, I want to send you to the nations. So of course, I wouldn't have minded if he just given me a jet and put everything in place. No, it just required that I start all over again shut down everything that I'm doing, walk away from all the success and all the breakthroughs and all the things that I saw in the horizon and all the things that I set up for other people to come and enjoy. As we say in Africa, monkey they work, baboon they chop. Okay? I've done all that now. Why couldn't it be just that? Have continued from there. But I had to start all over in small new office somewhere else. But if I'd chosen, I'm so glad people ask me. I said, I love the people and I miss the people that I work with and collaborated with for many years. But I tell you something, I wouldn't exchange it. Take me back to that small place again. Because by far the greatest hindrance to what God wants to do in your life is not the devil. It's the way you are hanging on to the old things as good as they were. Listen, when God begins to talk in Isaiah 43, he's announcing the dawn of a new season to his people. He needs them to see differently. It may look like wasteland right now, but God needs you to think of the roads, the highways that will be manifested in the coming months, in the coming weeks, in the coming years. He says, see it as a dream. See it, think different. Stop seeing the obstacles. Start seeing the opportunities. Behave different. Engage differently. Let joy and excitement flood your soul. Start building connections with other people. I'm so glad for what we did that we took time to, ne to, to meet and greet one another. And, and, and I realized that it wasn't just a, we didn't do something that we take, because of course we stand in the pulpit and we say, greet one another. Of course it's 30 seconds and then we all sit back again. No, a little bit of time was given to it. It's necessary. It says start building connections with other people. You are going to need them in the days to come. Two are still better than one. Honor them differently. They carry something of yours. Get yourself ready in preparation for where we are going as a ministry. Educate yourself. Be informed. That's why God was sharing with them. He wasn't sharing them just for your information. You know, sometimes I send out emails that say, uh, FYI, yeah, for your information. No, no, no. This one is for your active participation. Sharpen your commitment. Expect different. Work different. Live different. Why? Because it's a new day. He was sharing his plans. Behold, I do a new thing. Remember, you know, the former things. Why? He needs them to be on the same page as him. For how can two walk together except they be agreed? This is critical. Otherwise, they will abort what God wants to do. Do you know how many times in our lives we have aborted what God wants to do in our life? Not because he didn't do it, but because we didn't cooperate in the same way that he wanted us. And so for all that has been in both ministries, we say, thank you, Jesus. But for that which is yet to come, we say, yes, for this we're truly grateful. Timing is crucial in the things of God and in the fulfillment of kingdom agenda. And there comes a time when the conditions and the situation of your last state of affairs has expired and has to give way to a new set of circumstances. We read it every day. This is how it goes. To everything, there's a time. To everything, there's a season. To every purpose under the sign, a time to be born and a time to die. Why are we so afraid that God has told us there's always, everything you start has to die <laughs> and morph into something else. That's why we don't mourn destiny church. It's just morphing into it's something, it's a new form. We don't mourn the end of a kingdom ministries as we've known it. It's morphing into something else. Do you get what I'm saying? And you are going to, this is important for you to think that way because you are going to get many people who are going to suggest many things to you. But you know better. Okay. A time to plant and a time to pluck that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal 
He makes everything beautiful in its appointed time. There comes a time when heaven maneuvers things in both the heavens and the earth to favor your righteous cause, and you become unstoppable in the attainment of divine destiny. I think that that's what God is doing. He's positioning you and posturing you to become unstoppable in the attainment of divine uh, 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 purpose. As we do this, it's not a time to take our worship for granted. One of the distinct things I know of, 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 of kingdom culture movement is that there's a distinct sound. There's a distinct approach to worship. If from, are you from this church? No, you're from kingdom. You're from here. You play here. You are one now. That's what I'm, I'm trying to... Okay, he's new. He's new. Okay. Okay, I'm just saying that the sound, if, 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 if what was here before and what was, is coming is a prophetic sound that must never be um, given up. There, there is a certain purpose to that. The posture in which you take your worship is not because that's just something we like to do or just that's something apostle is insisting on. There is a certain something to it. But everybody must participate even if that's not how you used to worship. Because sometimes we're used to worship, we go from one song to another. Three fast, two slow, and then the preacher comes out. Maybe that's what you're used to. No, 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 no. You think that worship, listen, Zechariah 14, 7 says, It shall be that whichever of the families of the earth do not come up to Jerusalem to worship, to make obeisance, to bow down, to humbly beseech, to prostrate, to, to spend this time with God. I love the songs. You are my all. Uh, more love, more to the more of you, God, to depress himself and to abide in his presence, the King, the Lord of hosts. Eeping upon them, there will be no rain. Posture is not just something, worship is not something we do before the preacher comes. It's something we do to stimulate the heavens. It's something we do so that we can hear God. I, I was talking to some people the other day. I said, listen, we take worship for so granted. We wait for somebody to perform it. But do you want to hear from God the easiest way? I think the prophets of old would call for a minstrel, wouldn't they? And by the time that the minstrel begins to sing and play, wouldn't God speak? There are times that are coming that you are going to actually see deliverances taking place in the midst of your worship. Because this is not going to be a type of church where we're lining people up day after day. In the course as we're speaking, healings will come. Things will drop off. Deliverances will come because we have known how to touch the heavens and we have known how to break open certain things in people's eyes. Some of you are going to begin to hear in the days to come as we worship, you're going to begin to hear. Our song is going to get sharper. There are times where we're going to come and there will be no preaching because God has bust into our place and just done what he wants to do. And I'll tell you something. You know why God's doing that? Because this is not going to be a place where you're going to look up to the preacher to do anything for you. This is going to be a place where you're going to be equipped. When they leave this place, this is a prophetic school, if you like. Just like the prophets of old would have a school. When you leave this place, you will smell like where you came from. You will speak like where you came from. You will worship like where you came from. You will work like where you came from. And they will know of what house you in other words, uh, this is not going to be a house where we are waiting for you to, be your to bring your friend who is sick to be healed. Uh, in other words, this is the house where we send you. Go find your friend who is sick and heal them before you come back in this place. That's what God's going to do. That's why he's messing up everything you have known in the textbook. Because that teaches you how to behave, uh, but this is a place of birthing. This ministry is going to be a place of birthing where people will come and they will become. Because being is more superior to doing. But that, I don't know where all that came from. Trust you me. 
I have no idea. It's not here. But I see it. I see the brand that you are and the brand that you're going to become. But let me tell you, you're going to be crushed. You're going to be broken. You're going to be molded so that you can carry that which God demands of you. I have found out I had some terrible stuff this weekend about some pastors in a certain nation. I'm like, and this is the culture? This is acceptable? All weekend, you know the prayer I've been praying. God, teach me the difference between right and wrong. Because I know that you can carry a great anointing. Yet there comes a time when you, you become so overcome with your anointing, you forget what is right and what is wrong. And the culture takes a hold of you. My God, deliver me, God. Deliver me, deliver me. Deliver me. That's why for those who are going to be carried, oh, my God, this is, it's not even my message and I, time's almost gone. You know, but let me tell you something. The reason why being and why God is going to do unusual and crush you and mold you is because there's a difference between unction and authority. Many people are unctioned. Not everybody is authority, has authority. I was talking to a preacher who said, oh, I'm not interested in the process. I'm interested in the results. I beg your pardon. God is never interested in just the results. He, he cares how you got there. <laughs> I've never seen a more process-obsessed person than God. <laughs> huh? He's process-obsessed. Huh? You won the race, but Ben Johnson, how did you win? I know you got across the line before everybody, but I'm interested. What did you take? What did they inject into your veins? And he calls it disqualified and sends you back. So everybody say process. There's going to be a lot of process. It's going to test what's in our hearts. And yet it's not going to be condemning. I like it when the psalmist says, search me and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. If you find any wicked way in me, bring me to ways everlasting. I change it. I said, God, I'm not going to say if. I know you're going to find lots of wicked ways. Uh, why am I going to be pre pretending? <laughs> huh? Lead me in ways everlasting. All things find new life and are transformed in his presence. That's why you do his presence big. I always say this, and you may have heard me say this. One of my good teachers in scripture is a guy called Cain. And I will never forget this. One day I was reading and I realized, my goodness, when God judged Cain for killing his brother Abel, when God judged him, he refused to take the punishment. He said, God is too much for me. Ameliorate is softening it. Why would God say that? Because he told God, he said, you've driven me from your presence. As long as I'm away from your presence, I'm vulnerable, I'm naked. Anybody that finds me. You know, we're, we're busy binding and losing. There's nothing like God's presence. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, where, where, where I am, who can, you have to get through God to get to me. But when I'm somewhere else, I'm in trouble. Please dwell in the presence. Please dwell in the presence. That's why he's taking us back. That's why we're not just doing... Uh, 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 uh. we're not just doing big conferences and attracting big names from America just so we can have a numbers thing. This is not a numbers game because multiplication knows how to come from God. But first of all, let us be fit for purpose. Deuteronomy 11 verse 10 to 12, you can put it out very quickly for me. Listen very carefully. It says, for the land which you're going to possess, It's not like the land of Egypt from which you have come. There are things that are going to be done differently. 
where you sowed your seed. Now he's talking about the way that they multiplied and the way that they prospered. He says, well, he didn't say it was sinful. Please hear me. There was nothing sinful about it. It's just that there's an upgraded way now. He says, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills. Your future is not like one that's going to take a lot of effort. God says, I'm going to do something supernatural. You're coming into the supernatural like you've never seen before. Things that took human effort is now going to take supernatural grace. There is an exchange. You didn't hear me. There is an exchange. Things that took human effort. There are things that you sat down. Money will come and you won't know how it came. Things will open up and you will know how, not know how it opened up. He says, where you come from, you sowed your seed and watered it by foot. And so they would have these foot pumps that are connected to the river. And they would pump them like this. That took a whole lot of effort. God said, I'm not going to do it by effort. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven. Nothing will satisfy the land of your life but the rain of heaven. Nothing must satisfy the land of your life but the rain of heaven. All counterfeits will cease. A land of which your Lord God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it. From the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. That's why I'm not taking you normal, God is saying. Because where you're coming from, you're going to dwell in a supernatural place. And it shall be if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today, to love your Lord, your God, and serve them, him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in the season, the early rain and the latter rain, that you may gather in your grain, your new wine, and your oil. Listen to me. We're not going to strive and use methodology like we did before. We're going to posture ourselves in such a way that when grace comes, we can receive grace again. You understand what I'm saying? This is not time to be looking at what every other ministry is doing. This is time to be concentrating on what God is doing in this place. It goes beyond you. It will touch everything that you are associated with. Verse 15 says, and I will bless you and I will and, and send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may eat and be filled. I like God. He's even thinking of our livestock. In other words, everything and everybody associated with us will benefit from where we go. Take heed to yourselves. The only thing is you. Take heed to yourselves. Let your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. You see, God specializes in new beginnings. Indeed, the Bible opens up with a story of a new beginning. In the beginning, God created many. Created. May God begin to create new things, great things, awesome things that honor and glorify his name for you in this season. Watch out for the new th things. Cooperate with the new things. Flow with them. Honor God in them. Celebrate them because yesterday's impossibility is today's possibility. God is interested in new beginnings. The first time. And everything you have thought chaotic in your life, watch God change it. The first time we meet him, he's hovering. I, when I realized that, you know, I fell in love with the Holy Spirit new. I realized that God sent me to a mess. The messier the place is, the more the Holy Ghost is. Because when we first see him, his first intro, our first introduction to him is that he's looking for a messy place. He finds a place that's messy, that's unfruitful, that's chaotic. And rightening, he moves in. How else will you see what he can do? Right. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't care how messy your life is right now. I see him moving in. I see him moving in. I see him moving in. And it makes sense to me because from this place, God will send you out to, to correct messy situations. So he's going to start with us first. You understand? Yes, he will. He will. I, as an apostle of Jesus Christ, I, trust me, me the, the most boring bits of our huge conferences where I just speak, I call them hit and run. I speak for 45 minutes to an hour and I'm gone. It's so boring. 
you know, it's good. It's my job. I love to serve the body of Christ. And, but I tell people, and if you really know me, I tell people, oh, Apostle, when we do our next conference, I say, why are you waiting till the next conference? Let me come help build the church. I don't mind rolling my arm. Who told me that I'm big because I go to, you see my name on a big banner? That's not what excites me. Give me some rough places. Give, you see, I'm wise because I know wherever it's rough, he's already there. Me and him together will turn the place around. That's why when you see somebody all bound up or, or shriveled up or on, on cocaine and rough it is, don't back down. Rub your hands together and say, Holy Ghost, that's our game, right? That's our mark, right? What are we going to do, right? Don't you look around the church. Look around the ministry. What work is nobody wanting to do? <laughs> it's messy. Nobody likes it. Get in there. Let me hurry up. <laughs> See, our God is the one who is able to give us new beginnings. He said, behold, I make all things new. He has power to create, destroy, recreate. He wants to give you a new beginning, but he needs your cooperation. You see, I'm, I deliberately am repeating some things to you. New beginnings speak about fresh grace, new mercies, a fresh chance to have what we didn't have in the last season. New beginnings speak about a fresh opportunity to get it right, to arrive where God wants us to arrive. New beginnings speak about... Greater capacity, new levels of unction, new authority, new territories to conquer, new victories. It requires fresh formation. That's what he's doing with you. We must be one. We must refuse to go without you or do it without you. I've always marveled why in scripture, and I noticed that even when um, Miriam sinned against Moses and she got leprosy, when they were about to move on, apostle, they refused to move on without her. They said, we won't move on without you. We will wait for you to be healed. I realized everybody matters. You matter. She had committed sin against the leaders. You see, in many places, we're ready to cut people off and say, you are no good to us. You did this wrong and you did that wrong. And we can't. But they looked at her and they realized the value, the added value that she brought to them. And they said, it's all right. I know God is moving us on, but we won't refuse to go without you. We're going to move with, and, and wait and position ourselves until you are healed and go. That's how we must don't cut people off. Of course, I'm saying this because in the new fusion, there is going to be new ways in which we do things, old ways in which we do things. And, and, and so sometimes people might, you know, I, I've been a pastor for many years. My first church plant was in 1993, so excuse me. <laughs> Being at both ends, done that. I was part of a, I remember when a senior pastor, a senior bishop, the founder of the ministry, and I used to be the church administrator, left. And there was a new administration come in. I remember the clashes. Now I look back, I thought, we were so ignorant. We had no wisdom and understanding to stabilize us. There were unnecessary fights. It's either going to be my way or this is how we've always done it. Either we're going to be my way. And there were clashes and clashes. But we need new formation. And so people dropped off. People couldn't take the change anymore. And we let them go. Anybody sitting under the sound of my voice today, if you disappear, we're going to come hunting after you. Because we're going to make sure that we're going. <laughs> I mean it. Do you know how many? I pray that people who have left my ministry, who were needed for, to be there, will, 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 will come back. And people who 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 don't need to be there, the door is open. Spiritually, I pray that they might go because there are some people you're going to need on this journey. That means when people go and they come back, treat them different. Don't roll your eyes and say, ha, ah, now that it's all right. Because some of them, God might take out, take out the toxic bits and bring back value. They waited until leprosy had left Miriam 
and they continue the journey. Can I just throw in another one, which is going to be another sermon when I come in. I'm going to come back and finish this off at another level. But listen to me. You're not going to abandon your leadership. One of the most critical things that I've seen in, 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 in Scripture when, and in the church, when Uriah, was it Uriah's? When Uriah was in the front lines and David wanted his wife, David told them, take him to the foremost of the battle. Leave him there. Withdraw from him. And in such a way, he will be on his own and be killed. This is not time where today you are going to be here, tomorrow you are not going to be. Because every withdrawal that you do leaves people vulnerable to the enemy. It wasn't that Uriah did not have the grace. It wasn't that Uriah was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uriah had everything. What he didn't have was the support network. What the enemy did was remove his support network so that he would be alone. This is one time where we are not going to be this journey alone. You will not be alone. I will not be alone. They, none of them, will be standing alone. I hope that you're hearing me. I hate the word alone. God hates the word alone. It is not good that man be alone. It had nothing to do with marriage. It had everything to do with being on his own. Without like community to protect, to support, to encourage, to sharpen. They say iron sharpeneth iron. The word sharpeneth means to stop from losing cutting edge. There's a reason I'm so rough around you. Because if I went, you soon go dull. We're going to have to. Our formation has to be one of needing one another. You come different. You may be senior here. But there's a whole lot of experience he has that adds value to you and to you. And everyone like that, everyone here carries something that is going to be needed on the journey. And the formation is that I need you. You need me. Is there a song like that? I'm a bit like you. Don't let me start and kill that song until the one who wrote it doesn't recognize their song anymore. (laughs) You still me. In new beginnings, the power of the old is broken. In new beginnings, covenant talk has to take place. I told you about new formations. In new beginnings, when Ruth was going to have a new beginning and Naomi was going to have a new beginning, there was an exchange of covenant talk. I will go where you, where you go. Your God shall be my God. Where you die, I will die. There's got to be covenant. Now we don't come to church. Now we do covenants. The first time that David is going to actually, he's coming. He's been um, um, anointed by someone for many, many years. He's coming to possess the fine, towards the final end of his, of his uh, transitional life to become king. And, and in First Chronicles chapter 12, the people that came to him, they started the first time they started to speak covenant language. And, and, and they said, we are yours, O David. We're on your side. It's the first time they actually speak covenant. I'm challenging you as a body. Start doing covenant with one another. Your, your, your burden is my burden. Your tear is my tear. Your joy is my joy. Your love is my love. Your need is my need. That's how the first church was built. That's how they became so powerful because there was a covenant arrangement between them. Everything out of covenant is prostitution or adultery. There is nowhere you see, the Bible is a covenant book. 
Because God deals with us in covenant and he requires that we deal with each other in covenant. We're going to have to look at formation differently. I don't know how you've done it, so excuse me if I'm totally ignorant. That means if I am not at church, somebody, three or four people have got to look me up. I'm not waiting for the church system to do it. Because in the past, we've waited for the church system. Who is doing follow-up? That's okay. That's fine. But you take responsibility. You sit. Is it, does it happen that when you come through the door, wherever you were sitting before, you always sit? <laughs> or it doesn't happen? No, no, no. That's fine. That's also human nature. So I'm not criticizing that. I was saying, I was going to use it. You know, I know when I go to church, when I go, last week I was in my local church. When I go to my local church, God forbid that I should sit on the right. It doesn't feel right. Jesus can't be there, right? Because the first day I went, I sat on the left. And somehow, God war betides any usher. When I see them pointing to the right, I just take my eye. That's what I meant. But what I'm trying to say is that you've been sitting next to a person for a long time. Yet when they are absent, you never ask. Do you know how many times we sat next to people and don't know their names? Don't know what happens to them. Don't know what work they do. Don't know where they live. Oh, not this church. Only the one I was in last week, right? <laughs> I'm talking covenant. Yeah, when I was talking spiritual things, we were all yay. This is what makes spiritual things possible. This is what makes, it's hearts united. The people is one. And everything they desire to do. Nothing that, even God is threatened by oneness. In new beginnings, there is a new dispensation. New and fresh templates are put in place. In new beginnings, new blessings are released. In new beginnings, you give birth to something you've been carrying for a long time. In new beginnings, greater capacity is given for the fulfillment of vision and personal assignments. In new beginnings, we have opportunity to make great things happen. You see, Jesus Christ does not judge people only by what they do, but the opportunities they have and what they did with it. That's how he judges us. That's why he doesn't want you to fail. Remember when Saul is first anointed as king in 1 Samuel 10, the first thing God gives him as he turns to go is a new heart. He has to have capacity for the new beginning he's entering into at a new level. So God takes away his old heart, that thing's like a rich man's son who's looking after donkeys, and gives him a new heart. What I'm trying to say is that means that God has already begun to give you a new heart in this place, a new mindset, a dream different, see different, think different. Between commissioning of a new beginning and advancing and possessing the new beginning is a bridge called transition. We are transitioning, and it's not always the most convenient of journeys. So allow me for the next few minutes to speak about transition. The word transition is a Latin word transitionem or whatever it is. I'm not Latin, so excuse me, I'm from Ghana. It means a going across or a going over something. So I want you to see a bridge. You are on the side. You are crossing over. You haven't arrived where you want to yet. And so the whole transition is the bridge that you're on. You've begun a movement, but you haven't gotten there yet. Transition is a movement. It's a passage or a change from one position to another. A change from one state, one subject, one concept to another. It is a movement uh, uh, like, like we would in music. A passing of one key to another. And so we notice choirs do that. So, for you alone, for you alone, for... Isn't that what you do? You keep raising it. That's a transition. You are modulating from one end to another level. And may we continue to hit higher notes from this day forth. 
It is the transition from adolescence to adulthood. So for some of us, we're coming from teenage years into our adult years. For some of us, we're coming from babyhood into teenage years. And that's why in our new formation, we've got to give room for each other to grow. I'm not where you are. You're not where I am. But I, let me respect that God's doing a work in you. God's doing a work in me. May God give us patience throughout this time that I'm still working in progress. The old Celia is trying. And you know what? The more you don't fit into a place, the more you struggle, the more violent you become, the more nastier you become. Just give me a few days. I'm going to turn nice for you. I'm going to turn nice for you because I'm still trying to find out where I am. Oh, you won't understand me. One of these days you'll get where I'm coming from. <laughs> It can be difficult and wearying, but be careful that you do not give up or start to complain. The moment right before a mother gives birth is the most painful and hard. But if she can hang on and just keep pushing the baby out, she will rejoice. Be not weary in well-doing, for you will reap if you faint not. Transitions are not to be ignored. They are not to be treated as business as usual. On the contrary, it involves necessary change, necessary change and its consequences. Transitions demand change. And your frustration that change brings is tailor-made by God to produce maturity in you. God's not interested in your comfort. He's interested in you becoming everything he wants you to become. And change is necessary for progress. You see, change is necessary when there's a discrepancy between what is and what ought to be. That's when you need change. Most change will always also occur in ways that we will not choose. Even when you plan a childbirth and a baby comes into a marriage, does it change things? Of course it changes things. changes a whole lot of things. Your sleep, for one. Some of you have never known eight hours sleep since the day those kids came along. Huh? Your money has never been yours. Every time your phone rings during school time, your heart goes bumpty, bumpty, bump. No one likes change except a wet baby and that for very obvious reasons. In change, God offends the mind to renew the hearts. You're going to be get ready to be offended by God. There's some reason some people won't continue with us and have not continued with us because God's offended our mind to renew our heart. Change can be good and profitable or bad, and it can bring loss depending on our perspective and attitude. Changes will come whether we agree with it or not. Even when you don't cooperate with it, it can cause digression to you. You better accept it quickly. Change is a journey in a process that can be spiritual, physical, mental, psychological, or emotional. At least we've seen physical change. We're in a better place. The only thing constant that doesn't change in this world is God. Get used to it. His life, his nature, his word, his principles, he himself. Everything else is subject to change. But when change comes, it demands certain things from you. We look on the horizon to see what is coming. So change says, keep looking at the horizon. You're not there yet. Just keep looking. Keep looking. It gets better. Keep looking. Keep looking. You're looking for something that change has to produce. You cannot see the future if you keep looking at the past. Please hear me very carefully. You cannot see the future if you keep looking it through the prism of the eye of the, or, or the lenses of the past. You have to let go of the present in order to take a hold of the future. It is a painful journey that has to be done daily. It is not a concept. It has to be actualized daily. Everything I'm saying also spells out for your new season for your personal life too. Future fruit comes from present death. Are you ready to be buried? Future fruit comes from present death. He said unless a seed falls to the ground and dies. It's about it alone. 
Because God allows in his wisdom that which he could have easily prevented in his power. Change means that we have to want to grow up. Change means that we have to want to go beyond where we've been. In change, we must be excited about the new. On the journey of change, we must trust God all the way. That's why he doesn't tell you all the facts. Because if he did, you wouldn't trust him. Change demands that you give great thanks for the glory of yesterday and at the same time celebrate with excitement the coming of tomorrow. Somebody put up for me Joshua chapter 3. I want to take you there very quickly before we, we begin to tie up some things. Joshua chapter 3. Change demands that we trust God all the way. Joshua chapter 3. Are you there? And Joshua rose early in the morning in the room, and they moved from Shittim and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. Go on, please. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest and the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. In other words, God's going to be on the move and you shall have to look out for him. And as soon as you see him moving, go after him. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it that ye may know the way by which you must go for you have not passed this way here. What was the word again? Here to fall. Did they ask you to play it so I could sit down? No. Did you send him a signal? <laughs> no, seriously. Can I have two people come? Two people come forward, please. Did I do this before? No, just two people come forward. Yeah. Is there a reason you didn't get up? Your wife stepped on your foot and told you not to get up. Okay. Watch this. Joshua said, see, we've never been, have you ever been this way before? We've never been here. So, I told you, in change, you must always trust God. He's the only constant. Everything else, every variable there is, is subject to change in a flash. So, in change, he says, especially when you've never been to a place before, he says, watch out. And as soon as you see the priest carrying the ark, that means you can't afford to be looking everywhere. Your eyes have got to be fixed on the ark. That's why this is a greater season of devotion for us than ever before. Okay? All right. So as soon as they start carrying the ark, you're God, you're going, just go. Just the priest carrying the, no, hold, just hold her as though you're the priest and you're carrying the ark, okay? As soon as you start carrying the ark, you can do the side, just do the side. Just, do, just stand by her side. You are God. One of you is God, you're God, she's, you're the priest carrying. Okay, just, oh, you're the photographer, that's why you, you should have said something before I cast you. <laughs> okay, they're going, right? God says, as soon as they see the priest, what do they do? Go back to verse 3 for me, please. What do they go? They shall remove from their place. Notice, he didn't just say go after it. He said, make sure you pack up. Remove. Literally. You can't observe God from where you are. You got to get up and follow God. Okay. And then what shall we do? Let's go. Yet when you follow God... Leave a space between 2,000 cubits by measure. Stop. Now listen. And then he confuses me. He says that I may know the way which I must go. No. I, I keep asking people, have you ever been to a wedding or a reception where you know you didn't have the address and you were following another car? <laughs> have you? What did you do, sir? We did what we call bumper to bumper. Bumper to bumper means, and especially when there's a whole lot of us, you don't let any other car come in. Yeah, yeah. 
You're bad drive, right? You're so ungracious. So anybody wants to come in, come, come, come. Say, we're going. You know, I don't even let you. Because the moment, the moment you let any other car come in, you know, one day I followed a blue car until they parked in front of the house. It was either blue or red, I can't remember. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I've been following the wrong car. You will not follow wrong cars. I know you are laughing. You will not follow a wrong car. But watch this. Watch this. There's a reason I stopped to do this. And I know my time is short, but there's a reason I stopped it. He says, and so we're going, I need to do bumper. It's the reason why when you get to the traffic light, you don't stop. Then you go like this, forgive me, Holy Spirit. And you jump it because you know if you stop there, he's gone. That driver is gone. And the funny thing is, it's not just you. There are about seven other cars following you who are hoping you will follow him. So let me tell you this, you're all laughing. If you make the wrong decision, you lead many people into a ditch. You cannot. You, I'm talking about influence. I'm talking about authority. I'm talking about unction. You handle yourself in such a way that knowing that every single decision you make has a dynamic ripple effect in other people's life. In this church, we pray God the grace to make the right decisions. You can't say, no more will you say, my life is my own. And, and then sing, my life is not my own. So we're going. But Jesus said, I don't want you to do bumper to bumper. i tell you why he doesn't want you to do bumper to bumper. I have four ways to get to my office when I leave the home. But I always put on the sat-nav because I want to know the, not just the shortest, but the quickest because there's so much traffic where, from where I live. Now, if I go on the M25, I'm good. If I go another way, I'm good. But the moment he puts me on the Ways puts me on the 813, I'm in trouble. So I'm following it, Pastor Robert. I'm following it for a while. And then we get to a place I'm familiar because I, I, I reckon I know which way we're going to go because, you know, this is the 813. I do it all the time. So it's still talking, but I'm not listening. It's a subconscious thing. I'm not conscious that I'm not listening until I hate traffic. And I go, this whole Google map is useless. Of course, I always have to find somebody to blame. So I'm complaining, then it just occurs to me that, oh my goodness, it was talking. It told me to turn there because it wasn't leading me on the right, the way I always go. It knew where the obstacles were and was taking me through some back. But because I wasn't listening, yet it was talking. And I felt comfortable, sir, because I had it talking. I thought I'm still following it. No, it's talking, but I ain't listening. It's talking. This year he will talk, but you will listen. He will talk, but you will listen. He will talk. You will make the deciphered effort to listen because I'll tell you what happens. And that's why he said, listen, now you're going. He said, don't be bumper to bumper because if you do pretend this way, let's do it quickly. When we turn bumper to bumper like this, I'm going to assume like the 813, I know we've been this way before. It's not my intention to brush God aside. I'm just, you know, then I'm going and I'm praying anyway. I'm a very prayerful person. You know, even, yeah, I'm praying, but it's not your prayer that matters. It's your followership that matters first of all. I ain't, you know, when I, many of us, we do our plans and ask God to rubber stamp them. No, that's not the way. When you acknowledge him in all your ways, he didn't say pray about everything. He said, first of all, acknowledge that he's the leader. He's Adonai. He's the Lord. Acknowledge that you are following him in all your ways. So this is what happens. Come back, my darling. He said, no, don't be presumptuous because if you're presumptuous, you'll go before me and you'll end up somewhere. Before you know he's gone this way, you've ended up this way like I did. So leave 2,000 square cubits 
And then I told you, he said, you've never been that way before. If you've never been that way before, the paradox of God is that it doesn't make sense for you to live a long distance between you and him. So keep going. Go, just go. Call me. Please, somebody call me. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> we are so easily distracted by everything in life. I got back on track, but he's gone. My beloved knocked on the door. Solomon said, I didn't answer him. I don't know where he's gone. I can't find him. I'm lost. Now I'm vulnerable. Now I'm clever. Now I've got to come up with my own ideas how to do this thing because he's gone. Oh, let me also quickly say this. This is not a situation you can afford because, listen to me, the Bible says when he arises, his enemies smell like wax. In other words, whichever way he's going, the enemy is going to be dealt with before you get there. Let God arise, let his enemies scatter. But when you're on your own, you're going to have to clear your own path. You're going to have to deal with some... some may I put it to you, some of the warfare we've been through, it hasn't been because God has allowed it. It has been because I took another turn when I shouldn't be. It has been because I wasn't following. It has been because I didn't allow him to melt the thing like wax. I did my own thing but this year in this new season, I ain't doing my own thing no more. Listen, listen now. Keep going. Keep going. Call me. Call me again. Call me. Call me. Call me. Tempt me. You notice I never even looked there. I cannot afford to take my eyes off. This new season, you will not take your eyes off him. You will not take your eyes off him. We're staying with him. We say yes to his will. Yes, we may not understand it. It may be uncomfortable. This is not how we planned it, but we're staying with you, Lord. We're sticking with you, Lord, because we don't know the way. We don't know the way. It's our season of surrender. In a season of change, the key is surrender. Let me finish this off very quickly. Are you still with me? My God, I'm only halfway, but I've got to finish it. Things may still look the same, but we say a new day has dawned. Lift up your head, all ye gates, and be ye lifted up. Jericho's walls didn't stand a chance after God had spoken. There are instructions concerning the new that are important. Remember, he told you, remember ye not the old things. Behold, I do a new thing. New beginnings are always accompanied by new instructions. God's instructions reveal where God is currently. <laughs> I don't have time to get into that. Where he's currently positioned in respect of your circumstances. His new instruction to you will show you. Don't do it. Don't forget. Forget the old thing. That's an instruction. He showed you that he's moved on. God's instructions reveal what God has prepared and completed in readiness for you. Throw your net into that place. Uh, 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 he told Peter. Huh? Throw your net. And Peter, what did Peter reply? I've already done it. Do you know he was lying? Do you know that Peter wasn't telling the truth? I realized when he says... Cast your net into the deep. The word deep means adventure. In other words, this is not a place you've been in before. Stretch yourself. Do something new, he was telling Peter. And Peter was going back to the past. Let me tell you something. When your past experience becomes the best tutor you have, you are finished. When past experience becomes your best tutor, you are done. You're going no place. He said... Throw your net. When he threw his net, what happened? He brought up a yield and his net broke. That's where God was. God was in the adventure, not in what he had done before. In the past, God has blessed you. This is how you bring fish. But in the future, this is not the way he's chosen to bring you fish. God's instructions will guide you in the way to go and reposition you for victory and success. 
God's instructions reveal equipping and empowerment for the journey. Have you noticed whenever God is about to do something, he'll give an instruction. I told you every result is preceded by a set of instructions. Sing a new song to the Lord. That's an instruction for a new beginning. Let the weak say I'm strong. Let the poor say I'm rich. That's an instruction for a new beginning. Let the barren woman sing. That's an instruction for a new... Yeah? That's always an instruction. Look for the instructions of God for this new season. There is no change that doesn't come with the new instruction. He says, and I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit I'll put within you. He said to Ezekiel. Therefore, in a new day with fresh opportunities, adjust thinking. Your mind is the womb of your life. Whatever you incubate there, you will give birth to. Ask God for a new mindset for a new season. That's why the scripture would admonish us to say, think on these things. You adjust expectations. You recognize new things. I mean, knuckle down and finish. He said, remember ye not the former things. Let's explore the word remember. To remember means to make mention to to burn incense, to be mindful, to recount, to record. In other words, remembrance is a place of worship. It's an act of worship. In other words, you burn incense. This is something you, you pay homage to. This is, this is something you, you so value. But why would God tell them not to remember? If you, please take me to Isaiah 43 verse 18, but take me to verse 17 first. It means to record you're limited by your imagination. What you keep before you governs your thinking and your emotions. What you keep before you governs your lifestyle and your practices. What you think, see, put before you governs your values, your expectations, and therefore your faith. Okay. God, go to 16. I want to just demonstrate something in a second. That said, the Lord which maketh the way in the sea and a path. In the mighty waters. Go on 17. Which bringeth forth the chariot and the horse, the army, the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched. So go on. Remember ye not the former things. God had told them. If you read from the beginning, God had told them the wonderful things he did. The awesome things he's done in their lives. Then he himself tells them, don't remember it. Does that make sense to you? Why would God tell us not to remember the things? He's not saying. He says, as wonderful as the former things has been, like the parting of the Red Sea, and he's talking about and the swallowing of Pharaoh's chariots and his armies, it shall be forgotten in comparison to what he's going to do. God said, don't limit me. As though the things that you are rejoicing over is the only thing I can do. Did you hear me? Kingdom, church, ministry, movement, whatever. Everything you have experienced was just an introduction to let you know that God wants to use you. Please look at me, Apostle. Every single thing, sir. Every single thing. It was never meant to be your yardstick. It was never meant to define you. Ma'am, please get up. It was never meant to say, this is what I'm going to do with your life. It was meant to reveal even when you were nothing and you knew nothing. That's what I can do with the nothing. Let alone now where you have allowed me to mature you. So God says, raise the stakes. Look at the past and say, thank God for the past. But that was just digging. Never you ever define yourself by what other people do or by what you accomplish. Because every day you accomplish something great. He said, remember it not. Don't burn incense at it. Don't stay there. Lift up your capacity. 
let you say to yourself, if God did this now, there's greater things he would do. Greater things eye has not seen, ear has not heard. The things, that's what he was saying. Remember ye not. You, you said reset. I got that after midnight last night. Reset. Reset. Don't remember. There's a reason when you reclock the car, you don't remember the mileage that is done. There is no denying that it's done a whole lot of mileage. But you're saying this old baby still has capacity to produce some great things that it hasn't done before. It has capacity to, to show you what it's going to do. Because why? He was bringing salvation to humanity. That was nothing compared with the Red Sea. That was nothing compared. The real manna was going to come where people would eat of it and they would never hunger anymore. They would drink of it and they would never taste it. It never compared to water that came out of a rock. And some of you would look back and say, but this is not how we used to do church. In the old KCM, this is how we, oh, I remember when we started, good old days, and it's wonderful. Let it be just that. Let's memory lane for five minutes and sweep it along because we've got a highway of the future to go on. Memory lane for five minutes, but we've got a highway to go on. Memory lane for two minutes, we've got a highway to go on because we don't know what KCM ought to look like. All we know is not that. That was just our introduction. The greatest hindrance to any new move is how we see about it. Listen, the old men wept when they built. We were talking about it the other day. When they built the new church, they wept. They cried. They said, oh my God. When, when Ezra's temple was rebuilt, they said, oh In the midst of everybody celebrating, they said, oh, this is not how Solomon built it. We can't even buy this kind of paint anymore. They don't do the marble and they don't do the brass tacks. That's a chandelier. Oh, this plastic thing that you guys have put there. And you know what God says? He said, the glory of this latter house will be greater than the former. You know why Jesus said, it may not look as grand as Solomon's temple did. It may not have, it may have lacked the finesse and the extravagance of Solomon's temple. But this new shaky thing that we've built, that people think that would amount to nothing, that was exactly where Jesus is going to land when he comes back in the new millennia. I'm telling you something. Ah, the glory of this ladder house may not be all the fine tuning that we had for the old, but it's still going to be greater than the former. It's still going to, this union is going to produce something that was greater than the former. You may be seated as I finish. Just give me five minutes and I'm finished. Transitions have two faces, folks. Death and life. Loss and gain. There are some things you're going to have to lose and give up in transition. Endings and beginnings. Grief and anticipation. They possess the power to make or break you, renew or destroy you. The most significant transitions can rob us of our sense of identity. That's what you're going to go through where there's a place of no man's land where you are going to be robbed of your sense of identity. And forgive me if you're of the persuasion that we shouldn't mention anything negative. I happen to be human and this is human reality. There will be times. It's a bit like when you are first married. You lose a sense of identity. Who, who has the final say? Huh? Through your husband or your wife. I don't know. There's a sense of security that's gone. A sense of belonging. Pastor Robert, that's also for you, sir, and your wife. The temptations are going to come. Can I be real? Where you're also going to at some times question yourself, why am I sitting here? What am I doing? Did I make the right decision? Folks, leave them alone. It's part of transition. Don't go feed into that. 
As long as he's convinced that this is God, don't you dare feed another thought. Don't you dare confuse him more. I'm saying to you, he will be. You, sir, have to understand when he begins to manifest certain things, she begins to manifest it. it's okay to give them grace. Because they're human, they've never been this way before. If they had known it was going to be this difficult, it would have been easier for him to shut down shop and go to carry center down the lane. But you think it's going to be easy to sit here and not call the shots? You've got another thing coming. But always remember there's grace. There's grace. Always remember that we excel when we are rightly positioned. Every time you're in the right position, you do your best job. And even for you, sir, I don't feel this is your end. I feel that you're going to go into an incubation period yourself. I cannot tell what your future is going to be, but I can tell you that this is not an end to your ministry work. It's going to take a lot of another formation. I'm going to tell you that in this time of silence, it's going to be a deafening silence as though God's not speaking. As though God, I can't hear you. As though God, I can't see. As though God, did I even do something wrong? And I want to tell you that it's a time where God is shaping and forming. The books that will come out of you will have a think of authenticity. People will pick up your book and say, this man wrote this from a heart. You know you can write from a cleverness. You'll think there's going to be an authenticity that's coming out of you. You're going to be tested and after you're standing, God can look at you and say, this is a man after my own heart. You will have the approval stamp stamped on you. You're going to see a lot of manifestation in the future because the thing is there's going to be a genuineness coming out of you. Am I saying you're not a genuine man? That's not what I'm saying. But you know what it is? It's a bit like the wine. The, the older you age it, the mature, the sweeter it is. Although I don't drink, so I wouldn't know what anybody. And I think everybody that drinks is mad. The thing is, I take it in my mouth. It's, it doesn't even taste sweet. I don't know why anybody would drink it. But, you know, each man to his own. Or cheese, for that matter. But there's a time coming when it's all going to make sense to you as you lift up your hands. You're also a man of worship. And I see God take you to a new height. And I see God open your eyes to see a greater vision that you've ever seen. There's a, a, a sharpening coming to a, to a gifting in your life in this season. It's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. It's only the beginning. Remember, in every season of anticipation, there's grief. Allow yourself to grieve. And don't pretend nothing is wrong. And whenever you feel like it gets tough, speak honestly. I know his heart. He's a bum, 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 bum man. But what you have is genuine. He'll struggle. He'll fight. Because that's how he is. He's an apostle, as somebody once said. I think it was John Kelly who said it. He says, apostles love war. And if they can't find one, they create one. But that's his makeup. Is it all right if I speak like this? Yeah? There will come a time when you will lock horns. But understand him. He doesn't mean it. He's reporting to his boss. Because when that boss speaks, he backs down, even when he doesn't like it. Ma'am, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's going to be more challenging for you than it would be for him. Because you will feel his pain double. You'll feel his hurt double. Is it all right if I speak to the church like this? I'll tell you something. Because you would have known his dreams more than anybody else. 
promise yourself you will not be like Haman's wife. Do you know what got Haman into trouble? Even on the day that he was promoted, he had gone and told his wife and his friends that Mordecai wasn't bowing to him. His wife brought up the issue of that man not bowing. So he forgot all about the promotion and focused on a man that would not bow. And that was the beginning. Just tell him the dream, the vision is yet for an appointed time. But honey, this is our grace. This is the best place God has for us today. And anybody else that comes with another voice, you got to learn, like Nehemiah did, to discern what is God and what is not God. I bless you that you might prosper in this new place. I bless you that you'll see the foundations of the work you built and you'll see them satisfied because it's not going to a loss. I bless you as you plug into this new work and how God is going to work it, that you yourself will be elevated to another level where you've never been before. I bless you that you'll experience joy like you've never experienced before. Everybody here from Destiny, lift up your hands. I speak to you now. You're in a good place. You're in a good place. Every one of your future is tied into ministry. Every single one. Let nobody lie to you. God chooses who leads us. In all of my life, I do, I do a lot of work with politicians. I do a lot of work with governments. In fact, in, by next, when is the International Women's Day? It's next Thursday, is it? Yeah? I will be speaking in the nation to both the CEO of, and, the, and the directors and staff of, of Barclays Bank. And I will not be speaking from the Bible. Do you know who my first bishop was? A politician. Little did I know. See, sometimes God, will, and he shared stuff with me. Who mentored me in my life was Dr. Miles Monroe. I didn't choose him, he chose me. It's not because he's great, even if he wasn't great. But what I'm trying to tell you is that that man's experience I was going to need. Now when I sit in front of a corporate body, I say to myself, how would... Dr. M, I called him for Dr. M. How would he behave? What would he say? After I've said, you know, sometimes Jesus can speak, but I don't have the right attitude. So I need to illustrate it through what has been modeled for me. And I would ask myself, God deliberately, knowing what my future was before I even knew what my future would become, linked me. And one day I can categorically and honestly say to you, God said to me, I handpicked the men and the women of God who must shape your life. I used to do announcements in our church. My pastor would shout at me because I got everything wrong. I'd forget the book. I would get leave important announcements. I don't blame the man now that I look in respect. And he would be shouting at me. And people would come up to me and say, are you going to leave? Why do you let the man speak to you like this? And I'd look at them and say, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Because God had told me. I have picked those. I am so, 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 so glad. Would I change it for anything? Nothing. Thing, nothing. I never looked at another church and said, I want to go to that church. I looked at another church, saw their goodness and said, I want to import it to my church. And I never looked because it's important. It may not look like much right now. It didn't look like much when I started. It didn't look like much when we sat in the living room. Today, Dominion Center is out there in Woodgreen. I see the people I baptized with my own hands, now preaching and leading. I look back and I see fruitfulness, but God shaped me. He allowed me to use them as an experiment. This for some of you, it's your experiment, it's your lab. Because everybody needs a lab before they can become great. This is a place where you'll be paneled and shaped. 
This is a place. So I'm not a woman that can be bought very easily. I'm not a woman that can be moved from my... Because I've been shouted at. I've been gossiped about. I've been accused of many things. And because I came through that, I'm still standing. Now I can withstand many, many snares on the way. I am so glad for where I came from. I'm talking to you. Don't you dare go any place. Don't you let the flesh speak until when God has not spoken. Stay. And I'm talking to those of you from KCM. You treat these people. You are one. They, you know they're different things. Honor. Everything you know is not everything that it is to know. There's some people who know some things and they have to, have to share. Start sharing fellowship. Start becoming one together. Eat together. Hang out together. Go to someone when they finish and say, do you want to go out to Nando's when we finish? Because we start knowing each other through food and through the breaking of fellowship. We don't know each other through prayer. Because when we start to pray, I want to show you I know how to pray more than you how to pray. You do rababo, I do rababa santo, kataya. It's okay. But you know what? When we go bowling together, you're going to see the real Celia. I don't know no member. I don't know nothing. I just know that I want to win. And you see me, you see me jump, you see me kick off my shoes and I'm getting chill out. Get into a chill out place with each other. Let me end this thing. I, I hope that I've made sense to you to, tonight. But when I come back, trust me, I, I, I want to take us to a different place. I want us to position, my next message for you is going to be positioning to take a territory. And I want to show you what the model church that takes a territory looks like. So let me finish with some, some just a couple of words. In transition, there's the need to intentionally accept the new leader as God's choice for us. Or just go along with it. Can I repeat that? Please hear the words I'm saying. I said, in transition, we need to intentionally accept the new leader as God's choice for us. Not just go along with it. You need to embrace this thing personally and intentionally. In transition, there's a need to give the new leader a chance to settle into his new role. Give him time. He's never been this way before. Do you know have all the answers, sir? He's going to be faking it till he makes it. Taking it one day at a time, because that's what happens. He doesn't have all the... Give him time to settle in. Will he make mistakes? Yes. Give him time. A lot of times we're hard. My anointing is not me. He will need to build his confidence up. There are some big assignments and projects ahead. In transition, we must beware of feeling guilty that we are betraying the memory of the old leader. Because the mystery is making progress without him. When I'm gone, one day you'll, you'll, these words will make sense to you. Can I repeat what I said? In transition, we must beware of feeling guilty that we are betraying the memory of the other leader. Because the ministry is making progress without him. Because we loved our leader. Be aware that the new leader is not in competition with the old one. So no comparisons are needed. We must give room for new structures. Cabinet reshuffles and new people who haven't been with us from the beginning to be brought on board. It's going to be a lot of change. Might take time, it's going to be a lot of change. God is not enough. Can I repeat that? Oh, shocking statement. <laughs> that the new leader needs to see, hear, and know our renewed commitment and confidence in his leadership. What I'm saying is that he has God's confidence, he has God's affirmation, but he still needs it from you. And I don't have time to go into all that. So move beyond current realities. Israel didn't. They hankered after garlic and onions. And we won't do that. 
We must love the new, the promise, the future more than we do the comfort and convenience of today. And remind yourself that there's a big picture you do not see. Believe that the best is yet ahead. Let me tell you just two things that God did to bring change. Why change is important. This has nothing to do with us now. But I want you to accept change and the timings of God. I think I'll do that another time. God says, ask of me rain in the time of rain. In other words, there's some prayers that are appropriate for a certain timing. I want us to rise to our feet and pray some appropriate prayers. What are we going to need? We're going to need grace. We're going to need patience. What are some of the things we're going to need on the journey going forward? We're going to need trust. I like that. Come on, talk to me. We're going to need wisdom, understanding, the capacity to adapt, love, mercy, timeliness. What else are we going to need? Compassion, one for another. What are we going to need? Endurance, I like that. You know you're going to get on my nerves. Perseverance, long-suffering. Consideration. I like all that, so you're going to find a partner, we're going to pray. If possible, I want you to find a partner from the other church. Can we do that? Two or three of you can hook up with two or three from the other church. It's a new season. I need grace for the season. Are you there? Two or three from the new church. Two or three from the old church. Get together. Now, watch me for a second. Listen. Can you look at me for a second? Are we done? We're driving some stakes into the ground. We are determining the perimeters within which we will function as a ministry from this day forth. What we are putting and decree into place, nobody can change. Pray from your hearts. Determine that those words we are releasing become the boundaries that protect us. The boundaries that inform behavior and inform success and fruitfulness in this place. So speak. Demand from the heavens and from the earth. That which you demand, you want to see in this place. Start praying now from your heart. Speak that connection. Speak that connection. Speak that connection right now. Speak that connection right now. Pray those things we mentioned. Ask God for grace. Grace. The Bible says grace will settle you. Ask him for settling grace. In the form of endurance. Teach me to trust Lord. Teach me to appreciate people who are not like me. Teach me God not to look with suspicion at them all the time. God teach our hands to let go of what needs to be let go of Lord. 
it's a time of loss and a time of gaining God. Teach me, teach me God to, to, to let loose what now must be lost and to gain and to possess what must be possessed. Give me eyes to see differently. Give me ears to hear differently. Give me a heart that embraces difference, oh God. Whatever you stretch forth your hand to do, God, it will not be aborted in this house. We will get there. We will become a template for the world to see. We will become a template for the world to see. We will become a template for the world to see. This is the way it must be done. And so we say grace. Grace to oil our pathways for the future. Grace to trust one another. Grace to trust you in what you're doing. Patience and endurance and long-suffering. And faith to see a great end. 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 Labroko the grace to possess a new season nothing missing nothing lacking nothing leaking nothing broken nothing lost nothing robbed the mindset of a new day a new day mentality a new day mentality a new day attitude a new day confession a new day speech, a new day work, ah, a new day labor, a new day labor, a new day labor, a new day labor, a new day labor. The boko shata ba 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 ra, kalaba bona brasata ra ba 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 ba, rasata ra ba 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 koshaya ba 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 ba, handelelele bosetere ba ba ya, kaya sotori ba 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 kule ba 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 ba. Hey, ma 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 kaya. We believe for the best. We believe for the best. Your hand of prosperity, your hand of guidance, your hand of sustenance upon this ministry. The people is one. 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 Indivisible, indivisible, indivisible. The people is one. The people is one. As you are one, let there be one. Let there be one as we are one. Let the wealth council of God prevail. Oneness, oneness, unity of mind, soul, spirit. Oneness, 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 oneness. We speak the same things. We are of the same heart. We are of the same mind. We want the same things. We humble ourselves one to another. We discern goodness from one another. We celebrate each other. The people is one. The people is one. The people is one. Hallelujah. You may bring your prayer to close. I'm going to ask Apostle Lady A. Pastor Robert, what's your wife's name, ma'am? I'm so sorry. Sharon, please come up. How many know we're making history? We're the beginning of great things. We're making history. We're making history. 
no matter who you are, when you go to a place that's not your jurisdiction, you don't have the same kind of authority. I'm going to ask your leadership to speak prophetically over the shape that they want this ministry to take. They will speak prophetically over the shape. They determine. Do you know that we determine our boundaries? Huh? God said, whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you allow will be allowed. So they're going to speak what they allow and what they disallow. When I ask you, sir, I don't know how, which order you want to go first. Okay. Just want a short word of just a prophetic ministration. What the Lord has shown me is that will take place among us, those of us that he's given us a violent nature. And that violent nature must be one that will refuse to look back or to have any regard for the past, what's been accomplished, what's been done, except for a frame of reference by which we will say we want bigger and we want more. It will not be something that we live from. Or we will mark ourselves by. Because God has greater ahead. We must be so swallowed up with the vision and the newness that the past we pay very little respect to in terms of what's ahead. As a house, this is what the Lord has shown me, that we are to really embrace the change of what he wants to take place because the kingdom is bigger than us and it really isn't about us. And I've come to realize I have not been the greatest leader. I've not been the greatest wife, mother, grandmother, but I know that God has a plan for my life. And I'm not giving up because I know he knows the plans towards me. And we need to embrace what the Lord has for us. And even when we feel weak, and we feel that we can't do it, through him, we can do all things through Christ Jesus. I'm not the finished product. I have a lot to learn. And the Lord has told me, submission is key to your development and that's where I'm at I don't know but he knows and I'm trusting him because he's not a man that he shall lie and I believe in him Amen. I just say one thing about you know, in Christ, there are no failures. It's only man that waits for you to achieve something before they start clapping for you. Only man. God applauds efforts. Man applauds success. Can I repeat that? God applauds efforts. Do you know how many people would never rise to say yes to what God's called them to do. They'll run and hide. They'll make all manner of excuses. 
If you've ever seen a little child walk, whenever that child is, is, is walking, some of you have called your friends and said, oh, my grandchild is one, he's walking. No, the girl didn't walk. All he did was wobble a little bit. And what does mom do? You go along trying to see if that child is going to fall or not. And then when he falls, you watch him pull himself back up and take another step. And what do you do? Yes, baby, yes. And you bore the whole world with the news that your baby was walking. That that child ran, did they accomplish anything? No. They accomplished the first hurdle. That which says it's going to be difficult, but I'm not going to be bowed down to it. I'm going to rise up and do it. I hear God applauding your success, your efforts. There is no failure in Christ. There's only disobedience. So God, we, we declare that our tongues are loosed and our tongues are open. The Bible makes it very clear when John the Baptist was born, there was an instruction, call him John. And then the Bible says that neighbors and cousins came and by this time, Zacharias was dumb. He couldn't speak. And they called him after the name of his father. And Elizabeth said, not so. He will be called John. At this point, Zacharias was not able to speak and defend and, and say something. And so they called him and said, what shall we call this boy? And he asked for a pen and a paper or whatever they had in those days. And he wrote, his name shall be called John. And the moment that happened, the moment there was a shift and a transition from the old into the new, the Bible says his mouth opened. And so God, over this house, over this amalgamation, I decree that our influence opens in the name of Jesus. In every single way, we as individuals or as a house has been silent up till now, we decree and declare by the power of the Holy Spirit, we embrace the new. We have not walked this way before, but we obey the voice of God and we say, be because we obey, because we obey, because we do, we will see and we will hear in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me just say real quick, I know some of you are looking at your watch. This wasn't planned. Please give us a couple minutes. We should be done very soon. But this is significant. This is a divine interruption. Amen. Somebody say amen. Kenton, I want you to stay on that warfare tip for me, please. I want you to stay in that space. Now, as Remicilia said to do this, I remember those of you from Kingdom Culture will remember that 18 months ago I read this to you. But I think it is even more significant today than then. I'm going to breeze through it real quick. Uh, but this is my prophetic declaration over the house. Literally the words of the Lord to me when this journey began 18 months ago. Kingdom Culture, in quotation marks, the safe place. A tribe of gifted individuals similar to Xavier's school for the gifted for those of you who watch Marvel X-Men a clan of spiritual mutants they will come like a Dulamite and stay slash leave as mighty men of David the Lord says focus on your cave it is from here that the tribe of Benjamin and all of Israel will come to crown you now this, let me explain these instructions I got so I'm just giving you my instructions prioritize individuals and people above systems structures and plans do not seek to grow numbers, grow individuals, and let the people grow others. Build an apostolic and a prophetic house, an evangelistic house. Pastor your people, teach them, build with excellence, commitment, and class. Raise your people to give their best and to reach for the best in everything. To give God their best and likewise give their best to every part of his plan for their lives. 
Raise men and women after God's own heart. Lay down lovers in passionate pursuit of him, his kingdom, his will for them, his agenda for the generation. Come on, Kenton, help me out, help me out. Build a house of worship, praise and thanksgiving, of prayer, generosity, compassion, and authentic fellowship. Give room for the supernatural, for healing and the miraculous. Raise men and women who know the word and work it out in their everyday lives. Encourage them to share your passion for the lost and for transformed lives till they live to see others changed just as they were and are being changed. Teach them to love God's presence and to be ruled and governed by it. To base all their decisions in life on that presence. To be sensitive to it. To vibrate with it. To learn to avoid anything that withdraws it. Model strong family ties. First with your wife and your boys, then with each other. Build a strong tribe with bonds and connections to each other that transcend convenience, transcend events, services, or religious activities. Teach them and model with your covenant relationships, such as with Reverend Celia being here today, for instance, the power of unity and covenant fellowship. Be patient with them. Minister to them. Pray for them. Labor among them. Be vulnerable with them. Let them see your heart for God, your family, and for them. Family being our house. Let them observe your life and conduct. And this goes for all our leaders. As an example, they can be inspired by. Strive to constantly be a role model that inspires them to be the best version of themselves. Build a house that promotes honor as a central tenet and integral culture. Honor for God. Honor for authority. For godly customs, structures, and for each other. Somebody say for each other. Teach them value, value for time, value for possessions, value for culture, values and ways that are godly, value for people and value for themselves. Say, I value myself. Now I want you to listen. This is my commitment to you as instructed by God. Love them without conditions, expectations or restrictions. Allow them be themselves. Make room for their mistakes errors and misjudgments see them as eagles to be set free not chickens to be caged up create an atmosphere where they can fulfill their destinies and their purpose be their greatest cheerleader their keenest coach live for their successes feel their pains cry over their losses wipe their tears judge your success by theirs see them as your wealth and equity love them son show them my heart it won't be easy but can i count on you to be my heart hands and feet to them even when they don't reciprocate or see your heart even when the sheep bite be my shepherd to them some will only appreciate you in eternity many might hurt you but i will always keep score i will honor your sacrifice and labor of love this day i commission you now this is for us as a house I plug you into a line of patriarchal succession. I give you a large heart, a heart that can bear the burden of my people. Not a new heart, but an old one, a 2,000 years old heart, the one I ruptured on the cross. Hitherto you have fathered, he calls my name. Today I want you to become, as a house, not just me, a father. Walk with me, feed my sheep and my lambs. 
In all this, I will be your father. I will settle the deficits in your life. I will heal your hurt, clear your scars. I will repay every debt owed you by life and people. I will bring equity and restoration to your world. I will restore the wasted years, even those wasted by mistakes. All to all of us, judgment, missteps. I will give you judgment in decisions and strength in battle. I'll make you my battle axe and my weapons of war. I have girded you with strength for battle, kingdom culture, the Lord says. I have taught your hand, and when I say kingdom culture, I mean all of us. I have taught your hands to war. I have built your capacity for this moment, this season. It is time to step forward and fulfill your purpose. I will loose the loins of kings before you and open to you the two-leaved gates. You are my princes, male or female, my messengers, my emissaries, my apostles, my prophets, my yoke fellows. Now I invite you to become my friend. Everybody lift your hands up in this place. Father, I have read like Moses all the words of the book in the hearing of the people. This is your blueprint to us. To create a safe space where the destinies of your people can flourish. So like Solomon, we ask today for an understanding heart. We declare that there is wisdom, resource, and peace around to build your model. Lord, we declare that this is the gate of heaven for our city. That this is the bottleneck of the dealings of God. That this is an apostolic model that can be released and re recreated, Lord, even without the brand on it all around the world. We declare that Adulamites become mighty men. We declare that those in debt, those distressed, and those depressed receive purpose and destiny. Father, we speak healing in this house. We declare it a factory, a factory of great men and women, a factory of anointed ones, a factory of mighty ones, a factory of holy ones. We declare that those that be of this tribe will be restorers of the breach, restorers of the breach, repairers of the way to dwell in the name of Jesus. Father, we declare that silver and gold is coming from afar. But the wood of Hiram is coming to build your temple. Father, we declare that transformed lives are our stock in trade. We declare there is none feeble among us. That there is none, Lord, weak among us. That a little one becomes a thousand. And a small one becomes a mighty nation. And that the hand of the Lord accomplishes it in your time. And so, Father, we declare that kingdom culture is open for business. That the heavens are open. That your glory is here. That as your people, we will draw near, no longer to fear. We declare that everyone is armed and equipped. Father, IQs are upgraded. Hurts and wounds of the past are broken. That abuse is reversed. Lord, that every shriveled thing is coming back to life. We say it now that the river of heaven flows through this house, bringing healing to the nations. All in favor, lift your hands and shout yes! Shout yes! Shout yes! I want you to start a refrain, say Amen, 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 Amen. Come on, Amen. So shall it be, no other way. Amen, 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 Amen. 
your hands, all ye people. And the Bible says, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. Amen. 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 I like what the apostle said. said kingdom culture is open for business how many of you believe it but particularly open for some new business and the new management the management of God's counsel for us for this season it's a new day it's a new day please go home and call all your friends tell them it's a new day tell them join us on this adventure we're going where we've never been and some of you from the destiny Settle the minds of those who have been two-minded who've been having a chat with you. It's been such a privilege talking to you. Ah, thank you. We brought some CDs um, with us. Um, one of it is, um, I like talking about the church and kingdom stuff. How we, we make a difference. Because all of this is supposed to end somewhere. Make a difference to our society and to our communities. So there's a teaching I did on the church change popular culture and industrial revolution. I was told that kingdom culture, you want USBs. I think we can do some... What do, what do they call the thing again? We can send it over the MP3. That's it. It just shows what a dinosaur I am. Sorry, give me. What's your thing? Some of you may want to find what's your particular purpose. What is it that you came really on earth to do? Because that's what the search is about. It's about releasing you as those eagles. Accomplishing leadership. The four faces of a leader. The woman of wisdom. The promise, the promiser, and the promisee. Everybody, every time somebody promises you something, you believe them based on two things. Their credibility and their authority. Every time you, you choose to walk in faith or not to walk in faith, you put God under trial. What does that trial good look like? Why does he not like doubts? This is for you. Changing the culture of your ministry, your organization, your life, your business. This is one that we recommend for everyone. Preparing your family to fulfill destiny. Don't ever let your ch children get to a place where they are old before they start looking for their purpose, the schools that they go to and so on. This is not like a message you've heard before, trust you me. This is not about choosing the best school. This is even about, would you dare put two of your children in two different schools so that they can accomplish destiny? Can God really speak to you about everything your child must do? If you don't know, look at did God give a man instructions to move from his town to go to Egypt, stay there for two years and come back because of his son? Did God give instructions to a woman not to drink because the drink will go through her breast milk and destroy her son, not to cut his hair, his name was Samson. There are many things that God can speak to you that will make sure that your children fulfill their redemptive purpose upon the earth. An excellent spirit. You want to go far in life, in the church, and in your work uh, for promotion, that's for you. And then we have victorious living, strategic living. Wars are fought with weapons, they are won by strategy. How do you live strategically? Repositioning for new levels of authority. New breed Christians leading with, dealing with conflict and many other. One more time, see you at the top. Thank you so, so much for the opportunity to serve you this morning. Come on, one more time. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Right, I make you a promise you'll be out of here in exactly three and a half minutes. Somebody say wow. One more time, somebody say wow. Say wow. So I will not overlabor anything else today. We need to go home and chew, don't we? 
So hold a neighbor's hand and stand with me this afternoon as we close. This I will say, if uh, a couple of announcements we had to make, but I don't think we're in a condition just to stay where we work and to, to process information. So please watch your phones, your emails, and the channels of communication that you're used to receiving information from. If you haven't received an email or a text message from Kingdom Culture or through the Destiny channels in a while, then we don't have your information. Please see, Marlene, where are you? Please see Marlene after the service so we can take that information down. There is a lot to share with you. This one announcement I will make. This Friday from 7.30, we will be praying here. Um, one of the things that is already and will become a culture of this house is that it will be a house of prayer. Somebody say prayer. Somebody say prayer. So make sure that you make our time, if possible, to come down here at 7.30 this weekend to pray. Amen. We'll send you the other announcement. I'm a bit overwhelmed. I need to go process what God's done today. Look at your neighbor and say, I love you. So there's nobody else I'd rather do this with. And even if you don't believe it, say it till you mean it. Tell them I'm committed to you. Say we're going to figure this out together. One more time, say we are going to figure this out together. Together. Don't run off after the service. We have a few eats for you. Amen. It's free. Somebody say free. Someone who once said free food tastes nicer. Amen. So we have some free bites for you after the service. Please pick up a CD from Reverend Celia. I have the whole set. They're amazing. Now look at that neighbor. Tell them surely. God's goodness and his mercy will follow you all the days of your life. Tell them we together will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. Amen. One quick thing before you go. Uh, I, I said this last week. I mean it. If anybody wants to have a chat, my office is open. I'll take you for coffee. I'll pay the first time. After that, we'll figure it out. Amen. Amen. So tell everybody who's not here that that offer is open for a conversation. God bless you. Take care. Have an amazing week. Bye-bye.
My Wix site is fast. How fast? Turbo fast.